Thank you, everyone, for joining us on another wonderful, wonderful episode of the Trending Podcast. Today, I've got a special guest with me, uh, somebody who's, who I've known for a very long time. But not only have I known for a very long time, he's a guru in the tech world. He's known, he's the <laughs> founder, uh, he's done it all. But more importantly, he's also somebody who is very, very aware of our political landscape today. He participate. Uh, he's actively out there cheering for this side that he believes should lead this country to greatness. And because of that, I wanted to have him on this show. I wanted to get his viewpoint and get him to share his side as a rebuttal to my initial episode, which we launched last week. This is the part two of episode one, Political Participation, the trending podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, join me in welcoming the one and only Bill Manning. Bill. Hey, buddy. How you doing, Chuck, man? It's always good to hang out with you, bud. I am super so. stoked and excited to have you on this podcast. This is, uh, in fact, you're I'm excited the, too, man. You're the first guest on this show, man. This I'm is feel, so I'm feeling pretty excited. I'm, I'm feeling pretty honored that you decided to bring me in on your first guest. I'm uh, I pretty am, excited. I'm I stoked. am honored to have you. You are one of the best to ever do it in the tech world, uh, in everything, really, uh, Bill. So I'm, I'm so humbled. Uh, and privileged to have your presence today. We um we 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 basically launched the podcast last week. In episode one, we talked about political participation. One of the things we focused on there was we wanted to talk about how being in politics and participating in politics can affect a lot of things. Uh, and one of mm-hmm. the examples that I gave was how the Republican side of the house, people who voted Republicans, even though they weren't getting any sort of big legislation done in, in, in Washington, D.C., people continue to vote for these elected officials, sending them back to D.C. time and time again, playing the long game. And what do we have now? We had someone like Mitch McConnell, Senator Mitch McConnell, who is now leading the Republican in Congress, in the Senate, and eventually, what was he able to do? He was able to put three Supreme Court justices on the court. And, and now we have six. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, and, and I want to talk about that too as we move forward. And, and and what that has done is shaped the political landscape of this country for for decades now to go. And so one of the things I want to cover here today is to, to kind of get your viewpoint on what do you think about this phenomenon that we're seeing shaping the Supreme Court. One, two, what do you think about Mitch McConnell as a senator who has been leaning Republican and allowing? His side, his constituent, to consistently send him back to D.C. consistently because they are participating in politics. They are following the trends. They're not saying both sides is corrupt. They're participating, and they're, they're changing stuff. Talk to us about so it, your, your, your take on this, Bill. You, you have to show. So I've got two, I've got two things on this. First of all, you know, one of the things I want to discuss in the beginning is, and so I'll, I'll, I'll lay it out first, you know what I mean? From my background um, and the way I was raised, you know, I was raised by a single mother teacher growing up in New York, right? So I guess I'm very liberal, right? And I always joke around that, and I'm not joking, actually. I always state that I'm actually, you know, when it comes down to it, I'm more independent in a way because, like, I am definitely more socially liberal and definitely financially conservative, right? I, I ride the fence, but at the same time, the conservatism doesn't go at the expense of taking care of my fellow man, 
right? In my opinion, you know, yes, governments are there to, in a way, help to enable people. But at the same time, we have to balance things. And part of that, actually, there's two things here. And, and number one, I want to address this whole thing that we're talking about, right? So first, what I want to talk about is what my, what my state is, is my feeling, is where, as a Democrat, we're wrong. Hmm. I'm going to say it right from the bat, okay. right, right from the get-go, where we've done things wrong, actually. And the thing is, is that it's a perception issue. And this is where McConnell and his team, uh, the GOP in general, actually did an amazing job. And like I said, I'm speaking about this very scientifically, hmm. right? I'm going to speak about this not with my emotions, because right. it, it burns, you know, it burns, it burns my ass. Right. Let's, let's be let's be right. honest here, yeah. right? Um, but I'm going to I'm going to talk about it very empirically. And and what okay. I mean by that is is that where as a as, you know where the Democratic Party focuses more on the nation as a whole. Right. You know, mm -hmm. we look at it as a series of laws that dictate across the nation. That's the reason why the Supreme Court loss, you know, of, of Roe v. Wade, you know, was so devastating because right? mm -hmm. we looked at it as being like we're Americans. We should go as an American faction. You no, know, you know, we should address as Americans where the Republicans excelled. And this is where they did a really amazing job is the fact that they went grassroots. Right. So actually, if you want to go back, actually, here's the thing is where the Democrats excelled in the 60s, late 50s and 60s with the civil rights movement mm -hmm. was the reason why is because they went in with that mentality of grassroots, go mm -hmm. to the lowest levels, go to the cities, go to the towns. Right. Start with the local governments, work your way up to get everything you need. Right. And then we lost our way as Democrats. We did. We went for the more larger picture where the where the Republicans used to be on that. They used to be on the national stage. They treated it nationally. And that's the thing is, is that after the Clinton administration, um, and then when actually when Bush, the second Bush came into office, right. is when they when things started to change. Okay. And what they did is they started to go with the grassroots. And they started to go to the low level stuff. And, and it was nothing was more apparent when McCain was cho you know, was picked as as a you know as a, a presidential running and they brought in Sarah Palin, right? Because she was a very local, you know, pew pew, you know, and we always make a right. joke about it. But the, <laughs> But the thing is, though, is is that she represented the low, you know, the common person in a way, in a way. You know what I mean? Like it was more associative. And what they did is, is also, too, is, is that when we start talking about the way this political landscape of this country is changing to more conservative, it seems, mm -hmm. but it's not. It's still a very much a nation of compromise. You don't, don't let the extremists on each side. I'm just as damned as on the far left as the far right, right? I, I There's a whole middle segment of America. Right. But the thing is, is that what the Republicans were smart. They went to the lower courts and they packed the lower courts with their people. They went to the state courts. They packed the state courts with, you know, by, assi by you know, basically going in and assigning these judges to these roles, right? They, mm -hmm. And then and now it's the Supreme Court. By having the legal structure behind them was one key factor. The other key factor factor is, is that when they were campaigning and when they started going for this they went for the, you know they went for the cities the towns the grassroots right and that's where they were able to and, and they went to the churches they went to the places where you know where they could influence the most where as democrats the democrats retracted before they were really grassroots they were right there you know like mm -hmm. save the environment and we're all right there and right. yeah we, you know they protest and they do all these things but the problem is is that they, they, it's not at the local level they're going at the they're looking for the national stage I to see. address these issues and my this is my opinion right and when right. I see this and I'm like that's the one thing where I think the Democratic Party has lost its way is the fact that it's not 
going with the grassroots. It's not going to the local levels. It's not going even down to the assembly members. I mean, we're talking about assembly, you know, you know, town councils and and assemblies and state assemblies, right? These are these are areas where it's influential, and that's the reason why. And and you know, that's where that's where they've really excelled, and that's the reason why it's changing the political landscape of this country. And that's one of the major things that I see happening. And the thing is, is that you know, if you go by the very definition of politics, mm-hmm. right? Um, and what this country represents, right. and what it represent, what it represented, because it's broken now. It's broken. Mm. Let's face it. Mm. We all know it. We've all seen it. Ever since 2016, you know, it was already on a sliding scale of of, of since Palin, right? That actually changed the political landscape completely, and it became an us versus them instead of like what politi- you know politics is. It's it's an area of compromise, right. right? It's you know two opposing views trying to come together in some sort of common way where neither one is happy. Let's face it; it's not like right. hey, both sides are happy. No, right. neither side is happy, but there's some sort of resolution. We don't have that anymore. I mean, actually, I will say I was very, very, um, you know, that recent amendment that, you know, thing that went into place where they had the bipartisan thing on, on gun, you know, for, for gun reform. For, yes. like, it was a very bipartisan yes. thing. That, that was, was awesome. a very big shock. Mm-hmm. But I think but, the, but here's the thing is, though, it's not lasting. That was mm-hmm. knee jerk reaction to a political situation and nobody wanted to be the detractor to something so horrible. Right. So, I mean, it wasn't a true compromise. Hmm. And the problem is, is that we've lost that ability. We don't have that ability. You know, the, the Democrats, um, one of them, you know, we look at the GOP and, you know, oh, my God, they're a bunch of freaking lunatics. You know, they're they're all, you know, guns and God and country and crazy and anti-immigrant and all this stuff. And then on the other side, the Democrats are, you know, they look at the Democrats and they're like, oh, they just, they want to let everybody in this country and, and they're evil. And, and, you know, and, and, and like, they call them evil. Like they're like demon crats. I'm like, what the, what the hell happened yeah, there? Right. When did it become so nasty? Interesting. And, and that's the thing is, is that our country, the United States is going to lose. Hmm. We are going to lose. Unless, you know, and the worst comes, I mean, the worst would be civil war, but I think we have cooler heads on that side. I mean, we'll go to the brink. But the thing is, is that, you know, when did it become so bad? You know, why, when, you know, we've, there's always been rivalry between the two parties. Right. Of course. I mean, that's the reason why. And before that, you know, that, that's the problem with two parties. Yeah. Right. We need more. You right. know, independence. Are, are a rare breed. You know, actually, most people would actually, if you really put down the definition of independent, most people in this country are independent. Like, right. let me live my life, put in rules in place, let other people live their lives, and stop judging, right? And the problem is, is that both sides are, are constantly embroiled. But like I said, in the years since, you know, 2016, it's just gotten out of control. Now, you know, and, and look, I, am, I hate Trump. I'll right. admit it. Right. You know, I mean, like, I'm going to, you know, the day he goes away and, you know, does that, I'm throwing a big party. And and, and the thing is, is that, no, because the reason why is I feel like what happened was, is just that we had the fire, you know, like the embers of, of discourse were there. And then he just came in and was like, eh, I was going to throw some gasoline on all this. And, you know, and then what happens? Right. right. And the thing is, is that unfortunately, it's, you know, you look at these, you know, you have these, you know, yeah. There's there's a landscape that's changing and it's changed and and can we ever come back from it? I don't think so. Hmm. Uh, I, I think the I think the political landscape has changed forever. Hmm. Um, will will it some maybe eventually kind of start to equal? Hey, you, know, you know, nature has is all about natural equilibrium. Right. 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 You know, things over time just become equilibrium. Right. Will we get there? I'm hoping so. I have, right. and that's where my optimistic side. I, you know, Chuck, you know me. I'm a fairly yeah. optimistic you person are. when it comes to this kind of stuff. Absolutely. And I have hope. You know, I mean, I, I love this country. I love people's country, but I'm also a global citizen too, right? Because 
you look at even grander scale things like global change, you know, climate change, right? I mean, you know, it's funny, it's now we call it climate change, you know, it's global warming and all this stuff. And yeah, do I worry? Hell yeah, I've got two, I have two children. I worry about them and their children and their children. By the time a lot of this happens, I'm going to be long dead. You know what I mean? Like when, when this, when the shit really goes down, I'm going to be long dead. It's them who are going to have to deal with the consequences of my predecessors and myself or my inability to do something. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, I, I guilt around like you know why can't other people see what's going on you know that we're going to leave our children in a worse place than we had it and that that disturbs me absolutely sorry that was a long diatribe i I love that (laughs) i love it listen gentlemen bill you're touching on some really 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 serious issues that i think it's important for everyone to pay attention to and i think we're going to dedicate a couple more episodes to some of the conversation that, that, that that you're talking about i noticed some points that I want to tackle as we move forward later on in different episodes. Sure. But kind of focusing on political participation, right? You talked about how Democrats okay. abandoned the idea of grassroots, and they are more focused on the national stage. No. But at the end of the day, there's a saying that goes, you can, you can take a horse to the river, you can force a horse to drink water. In this mm-hmm. case, the take is the Democrat. The horse is we, the people. Mm-hmm. And the water is the voting. The problem yep. is, we have people, I've, I've heard people say, hey, oh, you know, it's great. Um, I don't want to participate in politics. Both sides are corrupt. Uh, it doesn't matter anyways. They don't already know who's going to win. Talk yeah. to us more about what is the Democratic mindset. And for the record, I'm an independent. I don't, I've voted for I won't say we're voted for, but I don't vote for one party. Let's just put it that way. But but that's that. See what you've done is is actually that is the true political discourse. You achieve the true political discourse. Don't vote with the lie, right? I mean, yes. I mean, I'm I'm more tendencies to vote towards my line, okay. right? My you know my party. Right. But at the same time, I'm, you know the thing is is like I was also uh, I also like McCain. Right. right. He was a Republican. Oh, Senator but, McCain. Rest but, in peace. But, but awesome, man. but he was also, you know, in this current political climate, he was he would be considered a, a hardcore liberal, because hmm. you know a liberal a liberal, liberal Republican. He would be like the far left side of the Republican stage, right? And and here and and, and and that's that rhino thing that they always talk about, right? And I'm like that to me is is the problem. Is that we've labeled, you know, the thing is, like, people are like, oh, it's all about, com-, you know, I, I don't want to compromise. Well, that's what this country was founded on. All right. John, I mean, think about John Adams and Thomas Jefferson. They are really, I mean, if you look at what, what this country is, I mean, where it started, the two of them, and you know, the two of them couldn't stand each other. Yes. The two of them were on complete opposite sides of their viewpoints, but they respected each other. And they worked together for a common good, and they compromised. You know, I mean, like, come on, they died on the same day. And when when Thomas Jefferson died, Thomas Jefferson died, he didn't realize that John Adams had passed away like six hours. Last words out of his mouth, last dying words were, Adams survives, right? I mean, or Jefferson, or it's the other way around. Shoot, I can't remember. But anyway, the thing was is that even in opposites, even in that, in defining, defining what this, what it means, 
there is compromise, right? There was concession. Mm -hmm. Does nobody, and you know, once again, like I said, nobody's 100% happy, right. but something was accomplished. We're not accomplishing things. Because as soon as a Democrat brings something up, the Republicans vote it down. As soon as a Republican brings it up, the Democrat votes it down. Right? I mean, the thing is, it's now just becoming black or white. And, and that's terrible. You know what I mean? But, the but, thing is, is that... Yeah, but, but Bill, not to cut you off, one can argue that uh, the Republicans are achieving more. They have three Supreme Court justices in the Supreme, that, uh, that, that were added in the, in, the, in the last decade. And now they have six yeah. with a solid yeah. supermajority. And they were able to overturn Roe v. Wade. I mean, they're achieving something, yeah. Bill. So the thing is, is that, like I said, I think the Democrats need to go back to what made them great initially, right? Which is, I think they need to, you know, get back into the grassroots, the lower level. And, and really, I think actually the Roe v. Wade thing is going to, is, is actually a good catalyst for this because it's not going to stop here. Right. You know, Clarence Thomas, who has already stated, you know, his feelings on where he wants things to go. Right. He wants to get rid of, you know, contraceptions and he wants to get rid of, uh, you know, game, you know, basically gay rights. You know, he wants to get rid of all these things. He doesn't think they should be covered, which, in my opinion, is it's amazing that, you know, it's a, it is a civil rights issue. You know, we're a country based on, you know, the, you know, the rights of, you know, free, to pursue happiness, yeah. right? And life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And meanwhile, we're going to deny people like that, you know, people who are, you know, gay, lesbian, trans, whatever. I mean, you know, what's funny is, is Clarence Thomas being a black man, right? And married to a white woman, mm -hmm. his marriage was illegal right. up until about the 1970s, right? Bad interracial marriage was illegal until the civil rights movement and the thing is it's, it's amazing right well yeah right that's the thing and, and it's and that's the part that really really blows my mind is the fact that a, a man whose marriage was considered illegal can judge other people who he would consider their marriage illegal Right. I mean, I have, and we, you know, we all know people who are gay and lesbian and, you know, are married and have kids and they're wonderful and happy, amazing people. And then, you know, to go ahead and, and then say, oh, we're going to remove their rights. Right. Because, you know, and, and that's the part that really concerns me because I feel like we're taking a step backwards. We're supposed to be the guiding light for the world in terms of freedom. You know what it means. You know, I mean, it says right on the Statue of Liberty, you know, giving your tired to poor. Right. You know, and, and you know, and, and basically, you know, it's funny is, is that uh, there's one of my favorite artists, um, musician wise, is, uh, is a guy named Lou Reed. Um, and Lou Reed is uh, one of the things that he actually stated in this one uh, song called The Dirty Boulevard. And, and, he, uh, and he's like, give me the tired, you're poor, and I'll piss on them, right? And I'll club them to death. And he's like, that's what the Statue of Bigotry says, right? Instead of the Statue of Liberty, he says the Statue of Bigotry. He was a really, um, he's a really amazing poet, right? I mean, a lot of his stuff is very much political, you know, like very much in, in the vein of, of uh, you know, Dylan, all those guys leading up to it, right? And then, you know, he was part of the Velvet Underground and all this stuff going up. But like the idea here is it's like, you know, he said this back in the 80s. This is back in the late 80s on his album, New York, which is one of my favorite albums. And that it really, to me, the Democrats got to get back to the grassroots. They got to get back to the local level. They got to start, you know, and the thing is, it's funny is, is that between 
removal of books, you know, the don't say gay things and, and, uh, you know, all this anti, you know, trans and, and gay and lesbian and, you know, uh, contraception is next. You know, I mean, like you can go down the list and you know, this is what they've stated what they want to start overturning. Right. And here's the thing too, is remember Democrats global and Republicans believe that every state should decide right. what they can do. Right. right? They're, they're the state level. Right. And so, like I said, that's the thing they've adhered to. And, and yeah, there's a wake up call that needs to happen. Right. And the thing is, is that, you know, like there's a big mafia joke, you know, we got to take them to the mattresses, right? That means you got to take them down to like right where, but right, you know, where, where they sleep is right. where you got to go and attack. Right. Absolutely. And that's the thing. I, I appreciate you saying that, Bill. We're up on time, but listen, gentlemen, Bill Manning was able to cover a wide range of topics in the discussion today. One thing I'm proud of is. I'm privileged to call you a friend, a mentor, uh, and uh, quite frankly, uh, I will even go out on a limb and say that uh, you are a true legend, uh, a true legend, <laughs> uh, and, and people need to take note. Um, you've covered a lot of topics. I would definitely love to have you back on the podcast, and uh, I think you I'd love to, too. I, I appreciate it. I think your view is so comprehensive, and I think there's a lot of things we need to unpack. But I think we were able to unpack most of the important aspects today. Um, one of the key items that I want everyone to take away is the Democrats are focused on the national level. They have been on the grassroots. Republicans focus on the grassroots. They were able to establish political participation with their constituents, which translates to them moving key policy differences and changing the landscape of this country by overturning Roe v. Wade. Bill, thank you so much for being on this show. I appreciate you. I love you. You are my dude. Love you and, too, um, I can't wait to have you back on this podcast. Thank you. Rock on, dude. Thank you so much. Be safe. Be wonderful. Well, everybody. <laughs>